Hello everybody and welcome to this brand new episode of Music to Live for with Shanti. I'm your host Shanti Perpolini and today with me Pete Zen of the band Jet Jack and we will talk about punk rock, music production, TikTok and emo. So let's go! Check this out. Hello everybody and welcome to this brand new episode of Music to Live for with Shanti. I'm your host Shanti Perpolini and today I'm here with Pete Zen from the Bad Jet Jack and also musician and producer. My friends, I'll let you introduce yourself for the audience. Hey, what's up? I'm Pete Zen. Um, I'm traveling in my RV right now. And I'm producing on the road, and I just make music, and I love pop punk and hardcore and all that sort of stuff. Yes, you know, um, I think it's important to tell how did you, how did I found your band? Because I was scrolling on Instagram, or I don't remember if Instagram or TikTok, and I just listened to the track in the video, and I said, "Oh my God, I love this kind of melody, this sound of sound." Yeah. And. Damn, I just went to Instagram, I just went to Spotify and Deezer and just add the song to my playlist because I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And and then with the time I start following you and follow what you're doing, you're producing and everything, I said, oh, you need to, I have to ask him to be guest on my podcast because yeah. uh, I suppose we have a lot of things to say and thank you very much to be here. Uh, yeah, man, punk rock, melodic punk rock, this is... This is a big thing for me too. I mean, how did you get into that music? Oh, that sort of music? Um, you know, from watching Malcolm in the Middle in the beginning, they had that song like I was telling you earlier. They had uh, Sum 41 was playing in the show, so I waited till the credits at the end to know who it was. All and right. then uh, I made my dad go buy me the CD, and eventually I got the tattoo, and I found bands like Blink-182, Bowling for Soup. Got into like Linkin Park and Paramore and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's always like this. You start with one specific and then you go discover, you talk with friends. And I, I, to me, the process was watching TV and see Pretty Fly for a white guy, The Offspring. Oh, hell yeah. Americana. And then I, I it was a, it was the time when you, you, you went to CD store. And you just, you know, looking through what they have. You just look at CDs and the cover. Maybe you don't know the band, but you like the cover. So you say, hey, let's, let's, let's listen to that. And then say, oh, my God, I love that band. And, yeah, and exactly. from there, I just jumped to No Use for a Name, uh, No Fan at All, Millen mm -hmm. Collin. I mean, in between America, in between States and Europe. Uh, this is what, oh, it's still one of my biggest love. Because mm -hmm. I don't know, I always like found so interesting this this mix of distorted guitar, but still the melody, but still fast, you know, like Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, I found like all the biggest like radio rock bands back then, but then I got really lucky when uh my parents moved towns. We moved to a small town in uh New Jersey and they had a bunch of local bands mm -hmm. there. And they had like local hardcore shows and metal shows probably when I was like 14. More metal, more like synthcore, like Attack Attack, you know, with that sort okay, of stuff. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But when I saw that happening and I saw all these like kids that were sort of my age doing it, I'm like, okay, whoa, this is like real. Because before that I was writing songs and 
and and doing that sort of stuff. But I think I was more just like Walmart punk until I was probably like 14, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, one of the things is that I noticed my friends from the States got into some kind of music in one way and we in Europe in totally another kind of way, you know? Like, and this yeah. is so interesting because I think for us in Europe, it's more like, okay, you have these older friends that maybe knew the band or already went to the States and have the chance to get yeah. in a little bit into the scene and yeah. uh, and bring him back those information, those names, and then start listening to you. And yeah. I get the feeling that older for you or people like living in the West Coast was more like, okay, this band is from LA and everything. Like it was yeah. more, okay, you know the name and, and then you start listening to the sound and and then... And here in Europe, we have this kind of, uh, yeah, it's the American dream, let's say. You know, if you look at Suicidal Tendencies, that kind of logo, no effects, it's still yeah. big names here and, and, and even generational. Because um, for me, what I like to describe the genre I get into was like, okay, for me, it's punk rock and it's related to Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 on the PlayStation. Mm -hmm. My favorite and game in the entire world, yeah. Yeah, it's, it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I remember playing and always choosing for a Goldfinger song, Superman, mm -hmm. because it, it was just perfect to that game. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then, of course, it opened the whole door to the, the emo era that I think is mm -hmm. still going on, or there is like a comeback. Yeah. There is, the, there is this guy that used to do some comic and uh, kind of ludic uh, videos on YouTube, and he this brand Emo's Not Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I so love that the fact that in the first video that he just used the music, and then yeah. the most he was involved in that process and project, he also starring the singers. Yeah. Uh, of different bands, Houghton Hates and uh, Dashboard yeah, Confessional. It, it's so funny that you said specifically Pro Skater 2 yeah. because there's a difference. If you liked like Pro Skater 3, you like a whole different subgenre of music right? than I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's it. Or like, like... or like when Pop Punk was coming up and stuff, either you liked Sum 41 and Blink-182 mm -hmm. or you liked Fall Out Boy and like All Time Low when it started becoming yes. Pretty Boy and less like dick jokey yeah i know what you, know? you mean yeah or I later you... like 2009 you get into the true pop punk which is like the title fight and uh story so far not maybe like 2011 right like mm -hmm. before that was like hit the lights and bands like that and then now is like you said tiktok yeah it's like i think where everybody's finding new pop punk bands and new bands in general yeah this is a very interesting phenomena because I remember, I, now I, I brought out uh, Tony Oak, I mean, a video game, but I remember mm -hmm. there was also a lot of movies where mm -hmm. the soundtrack was also uh, more uh, punk rock or there was yeah. something funny song. Like there is this, this movie called The Euro Trip. Yeah, and, I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I still love it. I guess I download it every two months to watch it because, yeah. <laughs> because it's so funny. But the fact that this kind of teenager... And in high school, and by the way, this kind of high school is something that is belongs really, I suppose, to the U.S. Because in in, in Europe, we don't have this kind of things, but we yeah. would like to have it. You know? But the sound is yeah. the same. The music we were listening was the same. And then I remember mm -hmm. those kind of horror movies where they had 
a complete soundtrack just made from metal bands, like with bands like Slipknot or uh, Static X, like mm-hmm. giving really track just for as a soundtrack, and then this mm-hmm. suddenly disappear once again, and uh, and now we are in this era of social media where uh, yeah, band have definitely the opportunity to, yeah. to be there, to be active, and to reach definitely more uh, more audience. But and there's less delay. There's less delay into yeah. like Europe, Europe and stuff. Because when I toured there a couple of years ago, it was like everybody knew what was going on, but there mm-hmm. were some things that like people in Europe, I feel like just missed or something. Maybe like a smaller band that, um, or like like how we were talking about earlier, like like Nasty is huge there, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. But a lot of the hardcore bands, I think. In the U.S., they're missing just out on because it is more word of mouth, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. But now with TikTok and stuff, I feel like it's caught up and everybody is on the same page all the time. Yeah, right. This is yeah. this is cool because I remember uh, listening to one of the first album of Nasty, but I'm yeah. talking really from ten years ago, right? And this sound was so unique even here in Europe. This beat down yeah. sound, uh, this way to sing. Uh, it was just nasty. It's just one band for that, and that was nasty. And yeah. uh, uh, but but then then you discover that there are similar bands, or you know, like as you said, there was this kind of missing link in between. Yeah, and it's like how do we get into that? And and of course, uh, it happened that also YouTube helped this a lot. Yeah, with more definitely. music video. More exposure, more kind of trends setting up. Like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's the name of that? Ah, yeah, Hot Topic. <laughs> there was something okay. also, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. or this kind of band doing this kind of crap core, this moving like this, everybody yeah. wearing this kind of t shirt and uh, this kind of style. And this is where I personally uh, I started doubting about mm-hmm. some kind of scene because, um, don't get me wrong, with the time I also change my way of wearing because it's not just music it's also lifestyle but at the same right. times I felt so confused because I couldn't recognize myself with the with the scene with the music I was listening mm. to and uh, and this changed when I finally had the chance to see uh, like Bad Religion playing live and see okay those people are like let's say the old school they are really yeah. grow up man but they still have this energy they still have this passion so you know it's yeah. not like okay now i'm over or i'm 28 or 30 years old i already have family i got married and i have to put that aside in a box and put it that away you know we can right. still do that we can still enjoy it and and uh, um you know um i know that you also said that you are a producer uh, you producing your own music but also or you support also uh bands or people coming to you yeah yeah i work with a ton of different bands um there's a cool band like for example this band daphne from uh portland right now they're like they're like uh it's cool like how you said like attack attack you started to lose a little bit of focus in the scene Mm -hmm. i feel like because of producing i like to attach myself to any band that is doing something different right because attack attack and devil rose parada were the first bands in those scenes to really create that sound. And then there was a bunch of follower bands, which I understand, like once you start seeing all these same sort of bands, you kind of don't want to mess with it anymore. Mm-hmm. But 
bands that I like to work with are bands like Daphne, who are this cool, um, theatrical, sort of early 2000s pop punk band. Yeah. Plus, they sound like they could be music for commercials or something. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or there's a cool band from Philly called Cross Hearts that I work with, which is mixing hyper pop and, uh, and emo music like Hawthorne Heights and stuff like that together. Mm-hmm. And they're doing their own iconic thing. Or this guy, Brandon Ritchie from Philly, who does pop punk and it's like uh, no effects, but he throws on tons of auto tune and, and tons of like trap elements into his music. Oh, okay. And it makes it, it makes it a cool new thing. You know, so I. I love that I get to work on – it might not – some of this stuff might not be the exact thing that I like to listen to all the time. Yes, Because yes. like we were saying earlier, I just like to listen to dirty like deathcore or hardcore or whatever because it just sort of clears my head from really mixing things. Mm-hmm. But um, I like to work on anything that is progressive or original or true to like what the person is is – really corny but coming out of their heart or through the vessel yeah. on the top of their head you know what i mean yes so. yes I, I noticed this uh thanks to my work i had the chance to be behind the curtains in different kind of project and music from classical mm-hmm. to rock metal even swiss pop music and it was for, for me even as of that a new scene even if i grow up here in the country and uh, you just notice that you may not like that kind of sound usually Uh, maybe you won't have that song on your playlist on Spotify, but uh, once you know the artist, once you have the chance to talk and work with him, then you you understand better uh, mm-hmm. like why uh, not like but why the music sounds like this or why this person wants to do this because like here in Switzerland we have this kind of uh, trend that. You know, okay, in a big city in Germany like Berlin, that is like the mecca for electronic music or arts in general for Europe. Um, they start some trend and then you have here in the small Switzerland artists that are just like uh, copy and paste. Yeah. Just on five artists, maybe just one, you really understood, oh, here there's something new. And I can bring it maybe to the next level or use it on, with, to express myself. So it's always yeah. art, you know, to find that really enthusiasm, really motivation. But at the same time, you can only learn something. As well, when I talk, I talk uh, last uh, last week with a good friend of mine that he plays saxophone, but he also do a lot of electronic music. Okay. And I told him, you know, I'm totally ignorant on what you're doing. I mean, I, I listen to your, but I, I really want to know more uh, what is the mentality, the process behind that music. So Yeah, uh, I mean, once you learn something, once you learn how it's actually created and how somebody got there, you can, maybe it still won't even be your thing, but you can respect it and have a ton of respect for it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and understand that they are doing their own path that could be the next nirvana or the next wave yeah or or something greater i you know i have a lot of respect for anybody who's doing something different and mixing mixing genres or or perfecting their genre right Mm -hmm. yeah but you know things that i don't like to work on are um you know when somebody just creates a band to create a band just to play shows just to you know i mean it's fun i get that uh you know, that, that's fine. Like I, I'll go to your show and I'll have fun, but I wouldn't necessarily want to work on that project, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? 
But tell me, uh, right now, you, you, you notice like a trend? There is, there is still like bands, like they are really like a five, four pieces band? Or it's mm. more like that nowadays, more like one man bands coming up? Like, Yeah, that's the move, I think, nowadays. It's just, it's too hard. Sorry, there's a lot of motorcycles going around. No problem, at, no problem, uh, man. I'm at uh, Daytona Beach right now in Florida. But yeah, it seems like it's mostly like solo artists that are popping off mm -hmm. right now, especially for for music that's like like lyrics that are really telling a story. There's plenty of bands out there that are emo bands and, and writing um, really good music. But as far as like the next iconic huge bands, I think it is going to be solo artists. Because, you know, everybody has computers now. Everybody has TikToks. Everybody can learn how to produce at home or write at home mm -hmm. or learn every instrument at home or program drums, right? So it, ju it just makes sense that there are a lot of solo artists now, which mm -hmm. is why I'm mostly doing that too. Yeah, uh, but this is also interesting because I notice even with my project, with my podcast, I mean, I always start, I mean, in the past I started using GarageBand because it was quite a intuitive program to start recording or like this. Yeah. And, and, and then a good friend of mine just introduced me to Logic Pro and it was, then I noticed, okay, the step, the leap was quite huge because yeah. it's more tricky, it's more details, you, these things that you really had to know. But, yeah. um, but at the same time, I, I always had the feelings that if I want to realize something on my own, it's amazing, I can do my demo i can prepare my stuff but then i guess i will always get in touch with somebody that can help me produce because right. you know receiving the opinion of somebody that is focusing on a specific task it could be yeah. really uh, really a nice and winning move because uh, as i said you you got your ideas but you see just one way and put yeah. that work in the hands of somebody else can also App you to change that kind of point of view? Yeah, exactly. With I mean, uh, that's every band that I work with. They're all very great musicians and, and totally capable of doing everything themselves. But um, they want somebody who can hyper-focus on their song in a different light and then also hyper-focus on the mixing and the mastering of their song and, and producing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. so... And because they... Even for me, it, it's hard to produce my own stuff Unless I really am, I, I have to go into the mentality of when I write my stuff, it has to be just different and weird and fun. And I have to get it done within two days. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to work it until it's just vanilla. There's nothing left. And I made it too perfect, too auto-tuny. And I'm going to overthink every single lyric, every single line. So sometimes even me, I'm like, I need, I'll call friends And, and ask them the whole time throughout the whole writing process. Is this cool? Is this not cool? Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, you can't do it all yourself, but it's good to have your own vision in line and have your own project in your control. All right. You know, all so right. when I yeah. work with a band and they tell me, hey, we want our music to sound like Pro Skater 2 plus the Xbox 360 loading screen and whatever, you know, they give me some imagery to work with. I'm like, okay, I understand the band. Let's like dial this in, you know, and really work on it. So yeah, oh great. And um, those bands are also able now to play live. I mean, after the last two years, I think the words of live music definitely changed a lot. I have the feeling, yeah. for example, that here in Europe, uh, 
the game just changed. We have to accept that. I want to be positive, seeing this like a new chance to start, a new trend, a new a new rhythm in that. But um, like, uh, we definitely had to stop to restart the whole machine. And uh, yeah, I mean, how was the situation in the state? I mean, I see on Instagram there is a lot of huge big concert events, but I suppose that now you can have concert whatever you want, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's back, but I was a promoter for a while too, booking mm-hmm. shows. And when the pandemic hit, I I gave up on that and I gave up on shows in general. You know, I mean, I played out and I had toured a bunch, but I mean, I'm grateful that I got the chance to tour, right? I was the right yeah. age, the the past 10 years since, or 15 years or whatever it was of touring. Um, I'm grateful that I got to go where I got to go and and I felt pretty accomplished when all that stuff happened, when the pandemic happened. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't totally personally like burnt out about it, but a lot of my friends who got in, who are like promoters or, or uh, booking agents and stuff, they all switched, um, not all of them, but a lot of them switched uh, industries because yeah, yeah, yeah. The it, same it was starting. It was starting from scratch. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's cool because a new band can come out and it's a whole new scene and it's like even playing ground, right? So like, mm-hmm. so so you're not fighting all the time to get slots at venues because there's a bunch of new venues and a bunch of new bands to play with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, people who were working their way up, or maybe at the top or the bottom, or just a middle-sized band, mm-hmm. they, I think, are really who got hurt the most out of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I think we were talking about social media. I think that was something that helped and saved a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember there was a, a really a lot of band that start. Uh, doing some acoustic version of all classics and mm-hmm. or try it. They took the time to do new music, yeah. and uh, I think that it, you notice that maybe they were under that pressure that normally they will have, mm-hmm. and so they produce very nice songs, new giving new lip to other other artists and and. So in the end, I think this is the important thing, just to see uh, the thing is a positive. But um, as long as music is being created and and being put out there, I'm happy. You know, the shows yeah. are very nice, and there will always be festivals and mm-hmm. stuff like that that I'll always go to. But um, dude, I, I I am super grateful for TikTok. The mm-hmm. fact that I can go on there and yell like "nice cock" into a mic, and it goes viral, and then a bunch of people can find my music. Yes, like. That's perfect. That's perfect for me. You know, you yeah. can be a goof- goofball and promote your music, and and it's not so serious anymore. At least, mm-hmm. it, at least in my world, it seems like you can do what you want, and maybe somebody will think you're a corny goofball or whatever. But fine, let them. Right? Like that's not my audience anyway. Yeah, yeah. But it's something that they were saying to Ben twenty years ago. I mean. You know, like, uh, as I said, you see those pictures on some magazines. Yeah. Uh, I say, oh, where are those guys? And let that things up. Uh, bring me the horizon, the first uh, era where they were like, with right. this haircut, those yeah. kind of T-shirt or color red. That has nothing to do with the metal and nothing. But it was so trendy. And we say, okay, no. And then years later, they put out some tracks and some songs that you say, oh, come on. That's a really interesting. They know what they're doing, you know. Yeah, so yeah. You notice, okay, 
But I remember that I was judged them for the way they were looking more than the way they were playing. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, this is the same as it was here. Just a, um, uh, something like TikTok just give you so an avalanche of of input, of songs, of... I don't know. Then I don't know. I still think that this this story with the algorithm is also crazy because wherever you are, it show, show you different things. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, I love it. I've I've gotten so many clients from TikTok. Oh, cool. Um, and and a bunch of like uh, because of the MGK thing, there was a couple like rappers or even just like influencers who wanted mm-hmm. to make pop punk music, but they oh. couldn't play any instruments, so they would have me make the song and then they would sing on top of it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that kind of works out great because yeah. okay, um, all they're focusing on is writing the lyrics and telling a story, which is what they were already doing. And mm-hmm. a lot of pop punk is so watered down that when like you have a character who seems like a rock star yeah. getting in the front of a band, it creates like a really cool project. Yes. Yeah. You know. But in the end, let's talk just really about this phenomenon about Machine Gun Kelly because honestly, the first um, tr- uh, song it released as a pop punk artist. Yeah. I really like it. I mean, I said, oh, I, I personally, I was yeah. thinking, oh, this guy finally found his way because honestly, as a rapper, I, I never care much about what he was doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he started playing this music, oh, why not? It's cool. Like, like this and that. And But then, yeah, then this is also another kind of trend, another kind of way then to see hearts, to see music, whatever shows then their own path. But uh, that was interesting. And I think that, um, for example, in Europe, uh, it's not the same. I, I have the feelings that we are uh, still doing like another kind of path. Because, of course, mm. uh, social media has a huge impact wherever you are. But, um, for example, here in Switzerland, I noticed that uh, having a TikTok account as an artist is just like, uh, the last resort, you know, you just focus oh, really? on, on Instagram, uh, sorry, on Instagram, yes, and uh, on uh, YouTube, YouTube is mm-hmm. stronger, let's say, in that reason in Europe, yeah. uh, but it's, uh, it's it's so interesting that you say that, because for the audience listening to you right now, they will say, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, you what? should get on TikTok, honestly, all the, all the, all the dudes in, uh, in Switzerland, you should, you really should. Um, Cause I, I don't know if, it, I, I think it is a little bit regional, you mm-hmm. know, cause when I enter a new state, when I'm traveling, I do start getting Florida, uh, TikToks and things like that. Okay. Okay. But either way, if you're using like a pop punk hashtag, if you're a pop punk band, then it will grow. But I've, I've noticed in Europe, there are, there's a lot more easy core. There's a lot more like metal plus pop punk together yeah. over there. It's a lot heavier. It's a lot more metal influenced. Yeah, we still like, we still old school. I would say uh, a lot of yeah. metal, even here in Basel where I live, they really go hard for that sound that we have like five years ago for metal bands like Black Dahlia Murder and yeah. very very every stuff, you know, and right. and they keep doing that. I mean, uh, in a good way. But if I think right now about some punk rock there is a wonderful band i definitely need to send you the link they're called mamba bites it's a okay. three piece they're three girls from from switzerland and they they're really amazing but if mm-hmm. i'm thinking right now this is small and in switzerland is a small scene i think they are the only band in the genre punk rock that mm-hmm. are really pushing and they are really also uh 
making their own path. I, yeah. I mean, like we were saying before, there's not like a ton of bands right now that are that are pushing through and becoming the next big band. And I even think about some bands that got put onto a label and they have huge funding and huge mm-hmm. uh, tour support. You know, they're getting on all the big tours as a small baby band. If they're not doing TikTok with it too, yeah, then so. it, it's, it's a flop. They'll get on these big sh- tours and they'll play huge shows. But afterwards, if they do their own headlining tour, it's not nearly as, as big as it should be. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's bands like games we play who's been, um, like playing out and doing shows and stuff for a long time, but they focused on TikTok and they blew up that way. And now they're working with like Pete Wentz and stuff like that. And they actually do draw really well. So, mm-hmm. so I think, I think the traditional band method, like it can work, but it's so, it, it's a lot more luck. Yeah. You, you know? need to, so, to do so this kind bands. of upgrade. Yeah. yeah, it's there's so many bands. You just pick one. All right, they're next, right? It's that's how it feels sometimes mm-hmm. with those sort of bands. But which is like I love plenty of those bands. I wish I wish every band sounded like such gold, you know, because I would be I, I would be so happy. It just double time and and screamy punk rock vocals. But there's so many bands that sound like that. It's just hard to break out. Yeah, or push I'm, or push the genre, which is really the important thing. I was really amazed by the the the. Um... The success that bands like Lorna Shore uh, yeah. received because they, they went to my high school actually. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, cool. That's like the bands that I grew up like seeing. Oh, right. That's Lorna me. Shore. Because when yeah. Will Ramos joined the band, I think they made like one of the best decisions because uh, To the Hellfire is, is, is a banger as a song, I think. And um, the way the shit screamed, is wild. The yeah, way Scream is, is it was totally new. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, in that kind of genre, I would say, because of course there is some kind of niche genre that are really more good to roll and that were mm. used to, to sounds, let's say, like animals. <laughs> yeah. But put in that context, I remember say, watching the video and then stop it, say, <laughs> what, wait, what have I just heard? It yeah, was that's so some New Jersey shit. It's like crazy. When, yeah, over, over in the Northeast, everybody's so compact that they just start screaming really weird because they're always looking for the new coolest thing. Yeah. Like uh, their old vocalist, Tom Barber, who's in, in Chelsea Grin now, he went to my high school. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, dude, that band has always been good. Even at local shows, like they were always the best band. Yeah. Um, and there was plenty of other metal bands that were really good too that never broke out. But I think everybody knew that that band was going to do something. Oh, you know, you you are already the second person to tell me this because I was on tour in November with the uh, band Zeal and Ardor. And uh, we went, uh, I, I mean, I, I joined the tour for 10 days doing uh, U- the U- Europe. They went UK, Europe and Eastern Europe. And I used the Germany part. And um, I was talking to the tour manager in, um, she's called Mel. And she, she's from Canada, but she works out in, with many bands in the States and Europe. And and one evening on the tour bus, we start talking about, hey, what's what do you think about this? I say, ah, I know the guys I went to. I know that because they were with this and that. We, we mm-hmm. played together and everything. And I see, she also said, whoa, they, they have that that special, the mojo. I don't know, that the yeah. magic happened. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm definitely curious to see if even something like this will happen in a scene like uh, the punk rock. Because... I have to be honest, uh, seeing live 
bands like Bad Religion, and I saw them before the pandemic hit, uh, they were so solid, you know? And I noticed also right. the audience also really is interesting because it started being like this generational uh, audience where you have like teenagers, but you have people even older than us, <laughs> like enjoying yeah. that sound. But the band yeah. just, just delivered a, a, a honest sound and the passion was there. I mean, that yeah. was the amazing thing for me to see. And uh, that, that's the fact. I mean, um, I, I was really uh, interested to see the reaction of the audience in this tour because it was the first tour after the pandemic. And I noticed that people were there for, um, for having a good time and to support a band. Yeah. First of all, shout out to the guys in Paris because Paris was was the was yeah. the, the amazing concert I witnessed. They're great, and but hey, uh, I I I think that the coolest thing is that now after this situation, many people are show up just because we realize that we missed not just making music or our hearts in general, but also uh, be there. Be in front of the stage, and and for the first time, I also saw there was less people with the phone in their hands. Than yeah, that's true too. Other people too. wanted to enjoy; they wanted to be there and feeling yeah. that energy without being like passive, you know. Yeah, it did feel like there was a little bit of a lull, like right before the pandemic. Like you, there were so many shows going on that when you were like a package band, two middle-sized bands going together. Mm-hmm. The show never did well. You'd have to play like a thing, like a festival or something for everybody to come out. But then when the pandemic was over and you played yeah. like basement shows and stuff, it was like very, very packed. And even still, it feels it feels better. It does feel better. But mm-hmm. I think um, as far as like growing the scene and stuff, again, there needs to be a connection between that DIY scene that we mm-hmm. both know and and that like TikTok scene with like the new rock stars and, and, and people like that that are coming out because if they creeped their way into these little venues and brought like a real crowd, like a hundred, 200 people, then that would grow the scene like crazy. Just like how MGK did. Yeah. Hey, but do you think that something like the Vance Warp tour will, mm-hmm. will steal something that people will like, join yeah it, it'll still be a thing it, i think it's just going to be like coastal it'll just be like the major cities mm-hmm. so it's it's more just like one-off shows because regardless or not like if people want it around like it's still going to make a lot of money so it's still gonna it's still gonna be a thing yeah you know? because i remember in the in I guess in the last editions you have already this uh this interesting mix of let's say classical bands mm-hmm. uh, belonging to the warp the Vance Warp tour scene yeah. but already putting on stage also this kind of duo maybe with synthesizer or mm-hmm. uh, just uh, pads and vocals mm-hmm. so it was it, it seems like they, they just like see a little bit further and say oh mm-hmm. the scene is going that direction you know like so yeah. and it seems that, that, that the audience still still liked it and and, and it was it was cool i mean i never had the chance to witness the Vans warp tour and for yeah. us living in europe it was like the mecca for punk rock if you it have- was cool man yeah it was like every single band and then you go to i had a bunch of crazy experiences there which like i thought about like recently that were uh like enlightening which was like i got to work merch for a rapper 
in okay. like 2011. Mm-hmm. And I went backstage and a bunch of, and, and a couple crazy things happened. I saw four years strong, 10 feet away from me. And I worked oh, with yeah. Alan from four years strong, like last year. Yeah. And then I saw a man overboard, which was a New Jersey band. But to me, they were a really big band at the time. Oh, I love the guys. I saw them two yeah. times in Zurich. They were just, oh, cool. just crazy. Yeah. And I saw them and then I became close to Zach and we worked together on a bunch of projects. Um, and then I got to meet the drummer, a yellow card, who was my favorite drummer ever. Yeah. And then I cursed out Jeffrey Starr. Do you remember Jeffrey Starr, the like makeup artist? He had yeah, like, music. Yeah. He had music. And my girlfriend at the time wanted a picture with him and, and, and he was being a total asshole to me. So I was like, yo, fuck you, dude. And I like cursed <laughs> him out. Yeah. And then I got kicked off the stage backstage there. Warp Tour is like, it's wild. Wherever you, like everywhere you go, you see mm-hmm. like crazy iconic people that are just pushing the scene in a good way or a bad way, like Jeffree Star. Yes. Yes. I, I it, see what you mean. Really yeah. Cool. And I used to, um, uh, I don't, whatever, I don't care. I'll say it, but like I used to go in with the bands when my band was touring. And if we weren't playing when we wanted to go to Warp Tour, mm-hmm. we would just drive in with all the other bands and then we would park in the back lot. And then they would just let us right into Warp Tour. Amazing. So do, yeah, so we used to do that all the time. Yeah, this is something that in Europe, in Europe, you know, it works like this. You have this in mostly in the summertime, these uh, big events where you have three days or four days yeah. with like thirty bands per days, like mm. you one after the others, yeah, and with the biggest name and. It's the only way that people like uh, at the chance to see this band all together, mm-hmm. and uh, and then yeah, you have Europe, Europe is more tours. communal though. It yeah, it's more communal than the U.S. U.S. is like uh, every band for themselves, and and everybody steps on each other, and and if if a local band is having a show, somebody will be mad that their band isn't playing it, okay. and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Because everybody here, they think that they're they're. You, you know, they're in their own little bubble in their own world, mm-hmm. which I get because there's a lot of opportunity here. Mm-hmm. But um, when I when I went to Europe, it was it was nice because everybody was friendly and everybody was cheering each other on. Yeah. And, and pushing each other's bands. And when there was a show, everybody went. Yeah, that's that's you true. Know? That's true. It does happen to yeah. me to to be on tour and just meet you. Oh, guys, are you also there? No, I just went to because I know that the guys was playing and I, yeah. and I always think it's, it's, it's nice, you know, like just just yeah. just meeting friends. And but what about your band? Because I remember I love the song "Sing Red" and, and yeah. I mean, uh, are you are you planning to do many things 2023? Uh, not really. We sort of took like a backseat with that because of just mm-hmm. bad luck and bad timing. Okay. Um, but we have some new music that we were like sitting on. So I'll probably just upload that and put it out. Oh, nice. That's you know, cool. So, so right but, now yeah. I'm just working on solo stuff and uh, yeah. producing a bunch. But once again, this solution now with this system, with social media, mm-hmm. it, it can work. Like, you know, like, okay, we are... We are a band that uh, right now we are not touring much. We're not able right. to yeah, concert maybe because the guy is getting is getting married or is having children. But we mm-hmm. can still like produce music, and we the audience can also keep contact with what you're doing as an artist without yeah. this this pressure of oh my god we definitely go out and and uh, and then taking two months to, for touring and everything like 
you still present and people will enjoy it. Can can also using your music of for videos and everything. So yeah. you can still like you know I definitely have to download once again TikTok because like a couple of months ago I just delayed it the app because I was so yeah uh, I mean there's so much trash on there but yeah. you got you yeah, know that you was just the gotta, like you just gotta work <laughs> past it because like I said it's it's really cool because I can go on there and be like um, write a song about uh, hey today I'm gonna write a song about huge dicks and then it'll go viral and yeah. it, it's like when it really comes down to it, you know, I write serious music too, but when it comes down to it on the day to day, I'm not fully depressed all the time. So I'm just making goofy stuff and it, it really is who I am. So it's nice that people resonate with it mm-hmm. when it's like a band like Jet Jag. I, I fucking love, I love the stuff that we did. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I think I have a lot of respect for that music cause it's just straight up real rock music, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's in a box, you know, I can't really just, spit into a rap or something or add electronic music into that without it offending people who like our music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's freeing. It's freeing to be able to just do solo stuff and, and TikTok stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, and I have my drummer, uh, the drummer of Jet Jack, I hit him up all the time for projects in the studio and stuff like that. So. Oh, that's, that's, that's cool. When you, I mean, in the end, it's also what I have here. Uh, I'm, I'm more on stage because I'm doing backline or like just promoting the show and everything, but, and less as a musician, but here at home, I, I, I took this time, uh, off, uh, uh, like this just to, to improve my technique or like trying something new. Like I still have to learn how to, uh, programming a little bit of drums and okay and like, i can I just, show you <laughs> i i just broke last week this uh the akai one of these or with pads and uh mm-hmm. the mpk mini and next mm-hmm. week i will be out for a project and not far away from where i live and i just packed everything so in my, when i have a free time i just jumping in and try and yeah this is yeah, cool. it's, it's, you just need to get rid of the disconnect between your fingers right and, yeah. and your brain and once you can just do it from what's in your brain to your fingers you just put it in there and then you make sure it's on grid so it's on time yeah and then that's it that's, that's it that's basically it damn i I, de- I will i will keep you updated because it's something that i definitely want to learn to do because I want you know the idea for me making music is a way to express myself is a is a release things for my stress, my thoughts. Always mm-hmm. been like this. Um, I have to be honest. There's been a time where I really battle with myself because I thought, uh, why I'm doing this? I'm competing with somebody. I'm not a, definitely I'm not a competitive person. Uh-huh. But then growing up, maybe getting older and wiser, I just, I just realized that no way. It's something that it's it's good for me, uh, and I have to do. And then now we have the technology. To do this, as I said, I won't do that here at home. I would be you gotta outside. Do it, man. You, you, and you, you gotta, do it. Like, you got you to gotta let it out. You, if, if that's what you want to do is make some music and just do it for fun, then you can't let yourself, uh, you know, hold back. You got to do it. Otherwise, 10 years go by and then you're like, I had yeah, all right? this music inside me and, and I couldn't do it. Man, I, I've worked like so hard to be able to just do music full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because of that literal statement like i don't want in 10 years to say man i wish i tried harder yeah when i was younger you know yeah this is something that i realized last year 
because I really changed from like working for, for somebody. It always, it's like it's in the last nine years, I just work with music, no compromise, just with oh, music. Yeah. And last year I decided I go freelance. Mm -hmm. So it means that, yeah, you need to look for project. You need to look at these and yeah. that. And honestly, uh, I felt less pressure and less stress while I'm working because I know that I'm doing something that I, I want to do and I, right. I really brings out me. It's not a, and it's not nothing about the ego. It's really and yeah. knowing that you can do that good, you do it with pleasure and people yeah. feel it. This is, this is uh, one of yeah, them. And it's a different type of pressure, right? Like if yeah. you're, if you're, uh, you know, when you first start out, it's, let's say, let's say there's two, there's two paths. You work a nine to five yeah. and you, uh, and you have a boss that you have to deal with all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's one sort of pressure, but eventually you work your way up in the company and then you can retire in like 40 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Or the other pressure is you do your own thing and then you have to deal with, uh Oh, how do I find clients? Uh Oh, how do I, uh, feed myself? How do I yeah, right. make money? Right. And then, but eventually you get there hopefully mm -hmm. sooner than later. And then yeah. you're in the same spot. You can relax and you can work on the thing that you actually enjoy. Yeah, it's always a process. And so if you, for all the artists, young artists or uh, music producers or organizers, just it's a process. Just don't give up. Keep doing yeah, it. Go hard. And you talk can do to it. You just, just got to hone it in. Yeah, but one thing is important to say, we were talking about social media where uh, we say people can do everything on their own. Okay. But mm -hmm. don't forget to share your ideas. Don't be yeah. scared to talk to people, to communicate, because you can just learn from other things. It's not that somebody's going to hear what you're saying and stealing your position. I mean, mm -hmm. it can happen, but it's not the rules. I think it's, I noticed I traveled in there uh, and I, as I said, I work in classical music as I work in metal and I always learn something that motivates me or give me this kind of more professionality in my job, but it's this communication. And sometimes I, I got the feeling that I would talk about younger generation, but it's not the, only the case. They, uh -huh. they keep everything for themselves. And we are artists and art, art should be like a, a, a community. So yeah, don't be scared. Yeah, don't, don't, don't die with that music inside of you. Yeah. Right? Like even if, you're even if you have to struggle to get there, It'll be a lot harder if, if, you, if you play it safe and you, and you say in 20 years, oh, I'm going to do music once I'm established and I have a house and whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, like, man, my, my bank account has probably overdrafted more times, mm -hmm. meaning gone under the negative, more times than, than a normal human being should <laughs> to get where I'm at now. But hell yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. You know, you got you to just do it and you got to write the music. You have to finish it and you have to put it out. Amazing. Because yeah. I, have, I have plenty of friends that, um, you know, they talk about wanting to do music and they watch a lot of YouTube videos about it and they, they learn everything about it. But you got to do it. You know, you got to write it and put it out. The worst that could happen is somebody's going to say, oh, that sucks. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, right. it's not for you. You know, it's yeah. for me and, I'm, and for the people like me and the audience that likes it. Mm-hmm. Hey, I have a, one last question before we yeah. close the episode. And this is something dear to me because it's still something important. I mean, 
you are also straight edge. And yes. how did you get into that? Uh, I like to call it more like a life philosophy than really like a credo or, you know, like something that you have to find blindly. Yeah. But yeah. Um, how did I get into it? Well, I mean, I smoked like a couple cigarettes and drank like a couple beers when I was 14, 15. But I found a group of friends who were also straight edge and we all like skateboarding and, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. And there was two skateboarding crews, the skateboarders who drank and smoked and then the skateboarders who didn't and played music. Yeah. So I fell onto that one and I just sort of, you know, I had a lot of respect for I, I, once I learned about the hardcore scene and the music scene, I had a lot of respect for straight edge and, and the culture behind it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've had like plenty of friends who have been hurt by drugs and, and lost tons of people. And I, and I wrote some songs about it and I've had kids like uh, on the, or fans on the road, like tell me how much that song meant to them. And that oh, really nice. solidified me yeah. into the straight edge. Now that I'm older, you know, it's almost kind of just like brushing my teeth. It's just like how I live. And I yeah, don't, same here. I don't wear yeah. it on my sleeve or anything. I have a, I have a straight edge tattoo right here, but, um, it's not like I'm very outward about it. When somebody gets in my face, you know, like some douchebag at a bar who's like, what are you, a pussy? You have a drink. And I'm like, no, suck nope. my cock. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So I'm like, it's more for you. You can have it all. Um, and I don't really get burnt out about it, but yeah, yeah it's just like, it's just a thing that I stick to and it keeps me level-headed because I think if I did drink and I did uh, do drugs, I would probably do coke and I would want to work too much and work out too much and I would probably destroy my body. So yeah, for me, right. it makes it definitely makes sense to be straight edge along with the fact that I love hardcore music and, and yeah. that whole scene. Yeah, even for me, it's if somebody asks me, I say just no, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't, or I don't simply, you don't, I don't like that kind of things. Uh, yeah. But then if they ask me why, then I'm kind of proud to say, no, no, I choose a straight edge. There's something funny because I always said to my friends, you know, I will never like tattoo an X on my hand. <laughs> but in the yeah. end, I did like a small a, a lion yeah. hair with an X. So I said, okay, that happened, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, um, it's something that I also recognize that with the years just become part of you your routine and the way you see the world. And mm-hmm. honestly, till now, it just broke me uh, just very, very good things. And I also have people coming to me, uh, maybe feeling safe to tell me things or talk about things because yeah, knowing yeah. about your choice and the fact that you stay strong, uh, denying some kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's even cool in between the relation between people. Pete, I thank you very much for your time. I know that you are now in your, in your RV and you have uh, a road to take now. And uh, I thank you for your time. I thank you for your music. Your words uh, are definitely inspiring. For everybody interesting for to your band and your project, they will find all the information in the description of the episode. And uh, guys, if you like music to live for with Shanti, don't forget to subscribe on Instagram, on Spotify, Deezer, and of course on YouTube. Guys, thank you very much. Pete, thank you very much. And I wish you a lot. Thanks, man. man. All right. Take care. Check this out. Music to Lethal with Shanti.